Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to 1UP, delivered through the AI podcast channel. I'm your usual host, Guy Drinkle, and joining me is Carl. How are Carl? Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself? I am good, apart from sleeping funny, so my neck is being a bit of a bugger. But I won't moan about that. Um, but look at us, Carl. Two weeks in a row. So something must have happened. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that again. Just something. Uh, but we will get it. I mean, we'll do what we did last week. We'll start reversing. Anything? Played anything in the, in the last week? There's usually a gap when I ask this question. Yeah, so obviously last week I, I talked about a, a few games, one of which was um, Shady Part of Me, which I finished off, I think, a day or two after we did the podcast. So that kind of opened up ground for me to, to start something new. I decided, decided to start a game that I, I downloaded during a sale a few months ago, uh, American Fugitive. It's kind of like a... a, a GTA, like the OG GTA, you know, GTA 1 and 2, GTA London, kind of top-down perspective. Oh, yes. it's, it's very much inspired by that. Um, although, obviously, it's it's got a, a new lick of paint. Like, a, you know, it's got modern visuals and, and some kind of gameplay mechanics that wouldn't have possibly been... been well, I, I suppose, actually, that some, of, some, of, some of the mechanics would have... Uh, worked i suppose back on a ps1 but others wouldn't um but it's it's simplistic it's 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 not a great game in any sense but it's a solid game i'd I'd say like a seven out of ten but unfortunately when i was about 10 hours into the game i just kind of shortly into the second island you know it works that way as the old gta's and Mm. that you unlock new islands Mm. um my as I was logging out um, one night, I got a message that uh, there was an error and I thought it was just your usual error when you go to close a game and, and it's it's perfectly fine. And the next day when I went to play, it told me that my save was corrupt and couldn't be loaded. Oh, so no. 10 hours down the toilet. So, you know, I, I think when you were younger and that kind of thing happened, <laughs> you'd grit your teeth and just start again. But I just, just couldn't, you know, so I, I just had to abandon that. So since then, the past couple of nights, I've jumped back into a game. I started a few months ago and then kind of forgot about, uh, which is Guacamelee 2. So I've gotten back into that. Um, I'm enjoying that. I, I love the first Guacamelee. Um, so definitely enjoying this one so far and i think this time i'll stick with it uh, true to the end of course drink box the, the developers their latest game and uh, 
Nobody Saves the World is on Game Pass at the moment. I was so. going to mention that because I started playing that yesterday. Oh, well, that, that's a, a perfect lead-in <laughs> yeah. for you because that's all I've played the past week, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll leave it up to you now. Yeah, I was gonna, if, to be fair, if my if I save corrupted on any game, I'd, I'd, yeah, uninstall straight away. <laughs> Could be bothered with that. But no, I've, I started playing that Nobody Saves the World yesterday or two days ago, I can't remember. Um... But it's fun. It, it it does bring back the old Castle Crashers vibes from back in the day. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's as good as Castle Crashers, but it is It is fun. I think I need to play it a bit more to give a full judgment on it. Um, what else have I been on? Did some pro club matches on FIFA, which nobody bothered about, but that's just when there's too many people to play any other game. Overwatch last night ruined my SR on that. It was good. Um, what else have I been playing? I literally have my Xbox stuff in front of me. Dun, dun, dun. That's basically it. Tried Apex Legends a bit more recently, but that's a hard game. We're gonna the first news story kind of linked links into this, but Apex is a very hard game. But it is good. It's hard. Um, I nearly went on Sea of Thieves just the other day, Carl. I was tempted. I was tempted. Almost hooked you back in that, yeah. that, uh, that desire to 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 pirate, to, yeah. to rape and pillage. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I'm Jack Sparrow. Um, seeing as he's in there now, but yeah, that's it, pretty much. But I mean, before we get into the news, well, there has been a couple. Well, there's been a game not released. I think comes out tomorrow or Friday. But the reviews have came in. Um, I don't think either of us have played Dying Light, but the second one we were kind of somewhat looking forward to but it's came out to slightly mixed reviews but i think someone i'm sure i saw someone on whatsapp or twitter say the first one came out to mixed reviews and most people loved it so hopefully that's good news but dying light 2's came out that, that three out of five seven out of ten they're, they're probably or eight out of ten they're, they're the ones i've been i've been seeing mostly i mean were you surprised by that because it was a game we were kind of both somewhat excited by yeah, I mean, I would have expected better. I think at the mo uh, at the time of recording, it's sitting on a seventy nine average on PC, uh, following twenty three reviews. So it's 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 not at all a bad score. But when you consider that a lot of publishers tend to, and I know actually in this case, Techland are self publishing, so it won't apply for this game. But we know with a lot of publishers that it's it's been well publicized in the past that. They kind of, as far as the devs go, they they operate a eighty or above on Metacritic in order to get a bonus. So, if this doesn't get over, if let's pretend they, you know they weren't self-publishing and and they they were kind of in the position where they were relying on that that bonus for the eighty percent, this game wouldn't get it, um, which. It's strange because I thought this was the kind of game that I didn't expect this to come out and necessarily be a game of the year contender, you know, mm. with a 90 plus score. But I certainly expected, you know, kind of like around an 83, 84, 85 kind of mark, uh, given the, the pedigree of the first game. Um, so I'm I'm a little bit surprised, but it, it's it's not at all, as I said, a bad score. And I do think that I'll still be... Um, itching to give this one a go somewhere down the road. Also, Pokemon came out. 
Which I forgot about. Have you been tempted? I actually have. I was listening to um, a podcast earlier where they were talking about it, and I was thinking, like, I I may give Pokemon Legends Arceus a a go, because, I mean, I got the last one I picked up was uh, Shield, and Mm. I played it for about 10 hours, and then I dropped off. Mm-hmm. And, and I enjoyed it, but we talked about it on the podcast at the time. I just, I don't know, it just kind of felt like I'd played it before. Mm. Whereas with Pokemon Legends Arceus, it's different. It's like an action RPG. There's a, there's a bit more to the gameplay. It, it just seems like something fresh. And, you know, I've heard some criticisms on the, the visuals and that, that maybe it does they, look a in bit the modern basic, day they, yeah. mm-hmm. they should do more. Mm-hmm. But because it's Pokemon, which I love, but it's also something different. I I, I think that just is 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 tempting, and you know I, I hope maybe that by this game doing well, it would encourage Game Freak and, and Nintendo to to take the the series in a, a slightly different direction, as we've been calling on for a long time. So I I think I I will pick this up quite likely soon because. I mean, there's no reason to wait on a Pokemon game. They never mm. drop in price anyway. That's true. So, yeah, and I I, I do have the, the benefit of a, a, a discount um, from my fiancé for, for 20% off for, for games. So, I yeah, I mean, why not? You know, if, if, I, if I get it. A Nintendo game's 50 quid or 60 quid. Or the uh, more. It depends on where. I'd say you'd be talking anywhere for forty-five to fifty-five pound, depending on the the shop. I was going to say, hopefully they haven't bumped it up to seventy like the rest of them. Uh, but rest of February before we move into the news, we mentioned Dying Light. There, if you think of anything before I meet anything that's meaningful to me, Sifu, that PS Five exclusive, not exclusive, it's on PC as well. Well, Sifu coming out, that looked quite good when we saw that. Crossfire X, I'm looking forward to uh, the next Amazon games out later in the month. I, I think the obvious one next or this month, obviously, is um, Elden Ring. Um, I know people are are super <laughs> hyped about that. Or, or Horizon Forbidden West, Mr. PlayStation. <laughs> true, true. But, uh, you know, to, to put aside my bias, I think Elden Ring is the bigger game yeah. in terms of expectation. Um, and I'm just, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Horizon in a minute. But I, I think with, with Elden Ring, uh, there, there's a massive expectation there. I mean, I, I know... It, uh, do you think that can meet the expectation? Because, I mean, Cyberpunk was huge. But this I, seems like... And maybe it's the George R. R. Martin stuff or whatever, but it seems to have, I don't know, it seems to have gone to a different level of expectation from what I've seen before. I think it's a difficult one to call because on the one hand, in regards to the Soulsborne games, you know, just not thinking about um, From Software's other games in mm-hmm. recent years, for the most part, they've they've been hits obviously demon souls being the first maybe didn't uh, attract a a large crowd and i think it was particularly difficult and people Mm -hmm. weren't used to it so maybe we can shove that aside somewhat but i I think kind of from dark souls on they they've they've 
for the most part been hits. Dark Souls 2 tried to do some different things the fans didn't like, and therefore it's seen as the black sheep of the family. But Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro are all massive games with, mm. you know, huge followings and Bloodborne's one of the best PlayStation exclusives, isn't it, by all accounts? Yeah, according to, to one time guest on this show, Mash, <laughs> who who did the the um the Witcher three mm-hmm. uh, review with us, he thinks Bloodborne is the best exclusive on PlayStation. In fact, he thinks it's one of the best games on PS4. Um, I actually had a good chat with him about um Soulborne games only last week. Um, because we we were talking about the the impending release of Elden Ring, which which he's really excited about, and he's currently actually playing through the Demon Souls remake. And obviously that was remade by by Bluepoint. It's not made directly by From Software, but it's still very much a, a Soulsborne game. Yeah, and he, he was full of praise for that as well. Um, and you know he he thinks that Bloodborne is is because I I haven't played a Soulsborne since Dark Souls One, and I didn't finish Dark Souls One, and I'd love to get back in. And he was going to tell me that he thinks Bloodborne would, would be the best point for me to, to jump back in and, and give them a go. Mm-hmm. But I think because, you know, they're very much, I wouldn't say not linear, but let's say more enclosed experiences with the, the emphasis being very much on the combat. Whereas Elden Ring is an open world game, so it's going to have to have both aspects to mm-hmm. it. You know, the combat has to be solid and up to the level of Dark Souls, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, etc. But they also have to have an open world that's a worthwhile open world. You can't just have a big empty open world. There has to be things in it to discover, things to do. And for that reason, this game isn't only going to be compared to other Soulsborne games. It's going to be compared to Skyrim, to The Witcher 3, Mm. to these massive open world RPGs that, that we know and love. And that's where the difficulty, while I, I'd be pretty confident it'll meet the expectations in terms of the Soulsborne combat, I do wonder how they're going to do an open world. I mean, I, I'm not saying they can't do it. They're a fantastic studio, but it is, it, it's something, it's a new direction and it's going to be interesting to see kind of where people come in on that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the reviews of this one because I won't be playing it straight off. As I said, I, I think I need to, to play some Bloodborne or something before I finally give Elden Ring a go. But um, I'll, I'll be certainly looking at the reviews for this one and, and seeing what people think. See, it's different for me because I've never, I've avoided Dark Souls games like The Plague because I anger easily with games. Never mind hard games. <laughs> but, I mean, Jedi Fallen Order was pretty easy compared to uh, Dark Souls games by most accounts, and that pissed me off. So, But I am kind of tempted by it. Maybe it's just because no games have came out in what feels like 20 years because of, uh, well, COVID. But I am kind of tempted by it. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably wait for the reviews. I've been burnt by uh, overhyped git Well... We don't know if it's overhyped, but overhyped pre-release games before. But yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll quickly do Destiny Two. We both played Destiny quite a lot. Can you be asked? Is it ever tempting to get back into Destiny? I actually, uh, I saw in light of some news that we're going to speak about well, yes. shortly <laughs> that uh, someone commented saying that 
kind of their bridges were burned as far as Destiny 2 goes because, you know, when they, they removed older content. Mm. Uh, and that's exactly what killed it for me. Like, I, I played Destiny 2 at launch, picked it up day one, played it a lot. We've talked about that in the past, uh, in the first month or so. And then maybe it, it kind of dialed back somewhat, because more so because my friends I played with dropped off and I think myself and, and one friend were, were there kind of when the first DLC dropped and we played that for a couple of weeks and then that was us kind of out because it wasn't a great DLC let's be honest there wasn't much in it to kind of keep you in when you compare it to the first DLC for, for Destiny 1 it's it's night and day but we always kind of thought of we remembered fondly our time with both Destiny 1 and 2 and, and we thought about getting back into Destiny 2 but then suddenly, when you started to hear all these big new things are coming, it's great. And I started to think, I think this could be the time to get back on. And then there was the news, oh, we're removing this content to make room. And then that killed it for me because in my head, it was like, well, then I can never, if I get back in, then there's content I will have never gotten the chance to play. And therefore, I'd have missed out, and I just, I just think that would just bug me to too much. So I was just, I just can't play this game. I was like, I'm, I'm all here for whatever Bungie come out with next. Be that, a, you know, we, we don't think it's going to be Destiny Three, but they have a project in the work that I think is going to be very Destiny like, and I'm all for that. But I just think I, I can't get back into to Destiny Two, given that there's just, there's a part of Destiny Two I'm, I'm never going to get to play. I mean, what what's your feeling as far as maybe ever getting back into it? See, I play. I don't know. I I can't even remember the name. Like Destiny One, I can remember most of them. I think they've kind of just all muddled into one now. If I thought about it, I could probably name them. But Destiny One, it just seemed a lot cleaner. Whereas Two, I don't know. The DLCs kind of muddle into one. I played the last one. I couldn't tell you what it was called. Uh, I think it's the one that was on Game Pass. I can't remember the name of it. Um. You got a different subclass and stuff like that. It was fine, but there wasn't really anything groundbreaking. I think the the problem with Destiny now is when I played Destiny One, I had a huge like a a days like six or seven, maybe even eight group of friends who'd play Destiny at one time, so it was easy to get a raid. Maybe you get the odd one or two randoms, but playing Destiny Two now at most there's two or three of us now that have the time. So if you're going to do a raid, you've got three randoms, and anyone who's ever played Destiny and has to have a random raid squad, it's not fun because people can be knobheads. Um, so that's kind of where that. And if you're not doing the raid, it's kind of half the point of Destiny, <laughs> especially the end game stuff. Um, so yeah, that kind of puts me off. But I'm I'm kind of with you there. I think, and the fact that when you go in, if you've missed the DLC, you have about a whole storyline to do, then you've got a new storyline to do, then you've got another storyline. It's just like, you you like need a, a code-breaking machine to realise what's what, getting the what. It's just, if and this is me who's played like, many hours, many days of, of Destiny 1 and 2. If you're a new player going into Destiny 2, it, it will feel like you are doing like Oxford level algebra or whatever trigonometry or whatever. I just it's just a it's a daunting game to get back into, and that's for me. That's me saying that. And if you're a new, I, I think it'd be almost impossible to get back into. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of 
not asked by it in the slightest. But we will come back to Destiny and Bungie. Um, other games, Horizon, Forbidden West. Obviously, that's more for you. You finally played. Did you finish it? Or did you... I did, yeah. No, I platinumed um, Horizon and then also finished the DLC. So, you know, I, I'm really hyped mm. for this one. And Day I'll, one? I'll definitely picking it up. Um, tempting. Tempting. It, it really depends on what I'm, I'm playing kind of in the week running up to it and, and whether I'll, I'll say screw it and, and play mm. it day one. But um, I'll definitely be there some some point this year, I'd, I'd say, um, for sure. I um, mean, it, it's the first game is just, it is quality. It's a, mm. it's one of the, the best exclusives of the, the past generation. Um and I'm sure that that this will be uh, another fantastic. So I know that a few people are a little skeptical because it's a cross-gen game no, and it was initially it being developed amazing. for PS4. But I, I don't think that'll be an issue personally. It looks like I I tried Horizon Zero One, and that's my echo going off. But I'll just leave that in. Um, I I tried Horizon. Maybe it's just because I'm an Xbox fanboy or whatever. I never finished it, but you could tell it was a quality game. Once I get a PS5, which is for Spider-Man and God of War, maybe I'll jump back into it at some point and maybe try the sequel. But you could tell it's a quality game. And I I watched the... uh, What do they call the PlayStation events? Uh, State of Play. State of Play, that's the one. The the Forbidden West one or that. The underwater scene, it looks beautiful. There'll be no doubt to that game. PlayStation don't make bad games. Like, even the worst one, the zombie one, that's still, like, 7 or 8 out of 10. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it, that'll be a great game. And if if you never played the first one, well, get the first one and then try that one, seemingly. Um, other games, other games. There is a Pokemon knockoff coming to Xbox. I'm in. What's that called? Monster Crown. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Let's have a look. I'll okay, have to look that in one the up. image gallery, it's got. <laughs> it's basically just Pokemon, but the comment, uh, the little text box says, You little shit, I'm going to tear your head clean off. So maybe it's more <laughs> more grown up Pokemon. <laughs> Sounds fun, actually. Yeah, I might actually get Definitely that. jump on that uh, one. I will check that out. Um, uh, one big release this month, of course, is that the, it's a console rather than a game, which is the, the Steam Deck. Oh, yeah that's it's a it's it's a big one i mean we're we're not particularly a a pc gaming um podcast here i mean mm-hmm. i i i dabble i'm actually getting oh, a new you. laptop later this this uh month which has a, a reasonable graphics card in it so i i should be able to play a, a bit more in terms of the the pc space i mean for me personally i love handheld which is is funny I, I, there was a period in my obviously as a kid i adored handhelds mm-hmm. but there's a period kind of maybe my teens to, to early 20s where i just found it really hard to play in a handheld but that's kind of reversed nowadays with the started kind of towards the tail end of the switch and the or sorry the 3ds and the ps vita and, and now of course with the switch where i'm, I'm quite into handhelds again again but despite that I think the Steam Deck was just something that at the time when I saw it, it was announced. I was like, "Oh my god, that's a really cool idea!" And then I saw the price, and I was like, "For the for the price it is, and the power it is, I I just don't think it's a good investment for me personally." 
but I know that there'll be a lot of PC gamers who are also fans of, of handhelds that, that will be all over this. Five hundred and seventy quid. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was that was basically my. You got like you did like a live version of my reaction to the price at the time, you know. Five hundred and seventy British pounds. Holy shit! Whoo, that's a no go. There is another version if you want the cheap version of four hundred and sixty quid. Not the just the cheaper version. Which no, is, I mean, uh, I, you got one for three hundred and fifty, which will run Football Manager, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have a, I have a Switch that that mm. can play Football Manager quite fine. Yes. Um, I, I still have a, a Vita and a 3DS, which which I still have some back catalog games which aren't on other systems that that um, I'm happy to play. Uh, I've actually got a, an Ambernick, which is like a. a, a Chinese developed handheld which can be used for emulation purposes so it's great for playing kind of older games on um and and I do I do there is one console that you know kind of recently released that that uh, I have my eye on which is the the Playdate you know that little yellow console like the crank Oh, the, yeah, the kind yeah. of monochronic games. Mm. I really want to get one of those. I missed the first round of pre-orders because their site was shit. If you were based in Europe, you were screwed as far as getting a pre-order. It was, it was broken as hell, and they even admitted it was broken as hell. But I will potentially get on the second round for that. So I think between all those different handouts, I'm okay. I, I don't need a Steam Deck, cheap version or no. I'll stick with my new laptop when I, I get it later this month. I like that that all the all like the PR pictures for the Steam Deck have have them playing Stardew Valley. Trying to tempt me. Trying to tempt me. Oh dear. Christ, five hundred and sixty quid. Fucking hell. No thank you. Um last one before we get into the news, Lost Ark, Amazon's next adventure. When are they gonna make a console game? And why are they not making console games? That seems weird to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it is strange uh, given the, the the position of um, Amazon. You know, they, they they're in a position of power where they they could enter the the, the there was rumors of them entering the the console space, and they they brought out kind of that that streaming box that kind of just came and and went away. Um, it was almost like it was almost like a Stadia light. Like it wasn't boasting to to do the same things quite that 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 Google did with Stadia. Maybe because they'd learned some off from the mistakes of Stadia, but it was kind of like, oh, you can get this. It's it's cheap, and you can get smaller games on it. Whatever. But but outside, not really. They they've just sort of stuck to their to their PC products, and, and particularly MMOs. I mean the the. New World, I, I haven't tried it myself, but I, I do have a, a friend um, who I play Final Fantasy fourteen with who plays New World, but I haven't really gotten the chance to sit down with him and, and see kind of where it sits as far as the, the, the various MMOs. And of course now Lost Ark, which I think was popular in Asia, and now Amazon have, have uh, partnered to, to bring it over to, to the West. So it'll be... It, it's... It's it's a strange policy to be kind of self-cannibalizing yourself as well, you know, kind of with two MMOs. 
I mean, we're, we're going to talk about saturation of genres shortly. Uh, MMOs, there's always been a lot of MMOs, don't get me wrong, but I think that has increased tenfold in the past three or four years. But there's always only been two or three relevant MMOs at a time. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd say there, there's usually kind of two World of Mega. Warcraft and Final Fantasy. They're the, the yeah, they're, they're they're the big boys, mm. and then there's there's yes, maybe so a is. handful mm. of kind of respectable, you know, your your Guild Wars mm. two, your uh, I suppose yeah, Elder Scrolls Online that kind of just sit on that that mm-hmm. the the next level in the pantheon, and then you have everything else, and it's hard to break, let alone that top layer. It's hard to break into that second mm. layer, and Yet Amazon are trying to launch two MMOs in in quick succession. It's strange, um, but and and it's particularly because a lot of the new MMOs that are coming over are MMOs that were already out in in Asia and are now coming to the West. But I think Asia is better set up to have a saturation of MMOs because it's it's a different landscape there. I mean, maybe with the exception of Japan, which does have a history with consoles. I mean, it's the home of of two of the console manufacturers, mm-hmm. and they like their console games. You know, their their single player RPGs and and action games and whatnot. For the most part, though, the rest of Asia is very much a PC gaming space, and they stick to to MMOs, RTSs. And MOBAs. I mean, they're the three big, big genres there. So you can, in your Korea, your China, etc., you can have a concentration of MMOs. In the West, obviously they're popular. World of Warcraft is massive in the West. Final Fantasy is as it was big and it is now getting bigger and bigger by the day. That's that's one thing, but the West, there's a lot more. They're they're playing a lot more different kind of games, like mm. sports titles are mm. huge here, and uh, you know, kind of uh, shooters and you're competing against COD and FIFA every year. Exactly, not League of Legends. I I don't League. think the yeah. the the player base is is there to support as many MMOs. So I, mm. I think it's a strange move by Amazon. It is, and at the, if, at the same time, I mean, if they developed an MMO for the console market, that's less saturated, because then you're up against Final Fantasy on PlayStation, obviously. Well, then you're up against ESO, maybe Fallout 76, Black Desert. They're the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. Obviously, you're playing up against Destiny, Warframe, other service-type games, but if you came in and took over the console MMO market, that makes more sense to me, but yeah, PC, you're going up against everything and everyone. Whereas you can, at least if you're going for the console market, it has some sort of individuality. So it's just a weird one. Just make a get like, what was that Crucible game they made? I, was, I don't even know. It was like a MOBA-ish. I can't remember exactly. It was only out for like two days. Um, but yeah, Amazon's not had a great entry into gaming. I just went to have a quick look to see if there was any kind of plans as far as porting New World to to consoles. And as of September last year, 
uh, someone tweeted saying, I, I will when it's on Xbox, presumably in response to, to some message re- regarding uh, the game. And the official account for New World replied to them saying, New World will be playable only on PC for the foreseeable future. You know, that that means there's, there's definitely no plans in, in the works. Um, so, yeah, the, it seems like the, this particular venture will, will be PC only. Very strange. So, therefore, you, you are very much limiting mm. uh, the, the audience that's available to you. It, it's a strange one. It is very strange, but... I mean, they have an infinite amount. Of the put literally sent the his blo- the old block to the to space. I'm, I'm sure they can get into the gaming industry at some point. Um, but yeah, they'll probably figure it out. But it's taken them a long. When did they enter? 2010 was their first game, but that was on the App Store. So when was their first proper game? The Grand Tour game in 20. 20- okay, maybe they haven't been going that long. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not counting. But the New World and then a couple cancelled things. Remember when they were making a Lord of the Rings game and everyone was excited? And then they got cancelled. Uh, what a day. Um, right, shall we move on to the news? Sounds good. Right, I'll do this one because it's funny. Um, <clears throat> well, that's not funny. It's probably sad for people who work at Ubisoft, but anywho. Hyperscape will shut down on April 28th, Ubisoft announces. This is from Polygon by, wow, what a name. Tucson Egan. Egon? I'll be something. It'll be something not that. I pronounce stuff northernly. Blame me. Uh, what a hell of a name. Though. Ubisoft has announced that development on Hyperscape will come to an end in a short blog post addressed to the community. The company wrote the development on the free-to-play Battle Royale first-person shooter will cease and the game will be shut down on April 28th. We've made the difficult decision to end development on Hyperscape and shut the game down of, as of April 28th. The company wrote, We set out to create a vertical, close-quarters and fast-paced shooter experience and we're extremely grateful to our community for joining us on our journey. We will be taking key learnings from the game into future projects. Uh, products, sorry. Carl! Did we see this coming? <laughs> uh, I, I think we, we certainly did. I mean... I remember the E3 in which this was revealed. I believe it was E3 at the time. It was one of those, the shows anyway. I think so, yeah. We just completely questioned the existence of this game at the time. And I think the writing was on the wall from day one. So it surprises me that they didn't foresee this you know like why did they push ahead with this project i mean i I recall when we first kind of started this podcast in the early days it's kind of an ongoing joke that there was fortnite news every week you know fortnite was massive at the time PUBG was was quite big and uh, i think uh h1z1 uh now called z1 battle royale um had its own following and and i actually played that was the one i played at the time with with friends we we dabble in it but that seemed like a a lot even then three three notable games and and then suddenly within months we had apex legends we had call of duty warzone and then this got announced and it was like whatever about apex legends coming from respawn um, with their own kind of links to Call of Duty and Warzone being a Call of Duty title, being able to carve out their own audience. 
there was no chance that hyperscape would you know is a completely new thing was going to be able to do so so I just don't understand what Ubisoft were, were playing at with this one. Like it's, it, it honestly is completely baffling to me why they ever pursued this project. It is very strange because I mean, you mentioned the ones that got into the battle royal ma- royal market. I mean, big franchises like well, Halo hasn't really attempted it yet, but Battlefield certainly failed in their first foray. Can't say that word uh, into into the uh, into the. Um, Battle Royale market. So Ubisoft Ubisoft aren't really known for the shooters, are they? I mean I mean not shoot sorry, not shooters, but like not the first person type game, but if something like Battlefield can't get into it, how is an how is a new thing without a historic franchise attached gonna break into it? Like Apex is almost lucky they just went, This is Titanfall and most people probably thought Titanfall probably has the best gameplay. I Apex Legends will be fantastic, and it is. Whereas Hyperscape, I, I think the only thing interesting about it is that Twitch streamers could, they could, like, the world would get evolved by donations or something like that. I, I think that was the only thing, and that is such a niche thing to sell a game on. It doesn't make sense. So, yeah, th- this was never going to work, regardless of how good it was. It literally would have had to have been the best on the market to to work and everything has different corners caught off. Fortnite has the younger audience and people can make mansions in seconds. COD is COD. Apex is probably the best quality game overall. It, it was just never it was never gonna break into this market and the only one I can see breaking into this market now is Halo because it's got the tag of Halo and it's Microsoft only and they could and well Imagine a hundred Spartans dropping into somewhere. It sells itself. Hyperscape. What? What's that? You know what I mean? It, it was just never going to work, was it? No, I mean, it, it, as you said, it was completely doomed from from day one. And you know, we we talked about saturation when talking about MMOs, and I just I just think for now this is just sort of a genre that 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 developers should steer clear from i mean that that's i don't mean to be completely defeatist because you know if if developers say oh no we can't touch that genre because fortnite's there then we'd never have any kind of innovation so i'm not saying they they if they have a really good idea that they think is going to catch on by all means you know kind of roll that dice but for the most part i what i mean i don't think developers should see battle royale as an easy source of cash because it isn't you know there might have been a there was this little moment in time when PUBG and Fortnite blew up that maybe you know if you came out there there was there was a lot of interest in those kind of games people might jump on your game but now that that's that's came and went there's too much out there you need to be original with with uh, with any kind of of uh, battle royale project moving forward, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, you have to adapt battle royale, and somewhat. My dad is drilling in my house. If you can hear that, but I will soldier on. Um, yeah, shall we move on to the next news story? Because we we do battle royale every other every other show, don't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, our second story. It takes two developer Hazelight Studios teams 
with DJ2 Entertainment to adapt the game for film and TV. This comes from Joe Otterson over at Variety. And Joe writes, Hazelight Studios has teamed with DJ2 Entertainment to adapt the video game It Takes Two for film and television. Creating the world and story in It Takes Two was so much fun for me and the team, end quote, said Hazelight founder and creative director Joseph Farris. Quote, since it has a strong narrative with many crazy characters and just as crazy co-op action moments, the potential is huge for a great adaptation to film or television, end quote. Quote, DJ2 is honored to partner with Joseph Oscar and the incredible team at Hazelight Studios on the linear media adaptation of It Takes Two, end quote, said DJ2 CEO and founder Dimitri M. Johnson. Quote, just like the rest of the gaming world, we fell head over heels in love with Cody, May, Rose, Dr. Hakeem, and the imaginative fantasy universe Hazelight have created. And I can't wait to bring these characters and this world to life on the big and small screen. At the time of this pub publishing no studio or network is attached to the project but sources say it is currently the subject of a multi-party bidding war pat casey and josh miller the writers behind sonic the hedgehog and its upcoming sequel are attached to adapt it to adapt it takes two to the screen quote the reception of it takes two has been absolutely stellar from press and players alike end quote says Wolantis, hazelight studio manager Quote, we're very excited for the opportunity to expand this beloved IP beyond gaming for both new and returning fans to appreciate, end quote. And you can get Joe's full story over on Variety. So, Guy, we were talking about this game last week. Uh, we, we both have played it. We're both big fans. Do you think it makes sense for a, a, a big screen or indeed a, a small screen adaptation? I'm not sure how they'll do it. That's my only... Like the story's amazing. It's just I think it'll be difficult to pull off in either a TV or movie setting. That that's my only doubt. If if you could if you could match it, certainly. But it it's such a I don't even know how to word it. It's a, it it feels like something that's specifically perfected for the gaming medium. More than more than a fit. Obviously, you can adapt it and stuff like that to make it fit TV. But I'm not sure it it'll have the same experience as like playing through that because basically it, it's a relationship game. It's about reconciling yada yada. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it 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 is. I'm not sure watching someone do that will have the same energy as playing through that. If that makes sense. No, I certainly get where you're coming from. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is clever writing in it. It takes to some of the dialogue uh, will will make you laugh. And there's there's also a, a charm to it and, and some emotion. Like, it's a well-written game. But I think despite that, I still feel that the writing takes backseat to the gameplay. I mean, gameplay is key. What makes this game great is the gameplay. It's mm. the variety of of gameplay. The, mm-hmm. the the fact it's it it brings different aspects of, of different games in uh, in under the the same game, and and somehow it works. And you can't really do that on on screen. So with with the screen, obviously, it, there is no gameplay. It's going to be completely centered around the character, the story, the the writing, 
and and of course the the animation. Um, so, well, I, well, I can't say it, it it won't or can't turn into to a good movie or or a good say net Netflix series. It, there's there's no guarantees. It's it's not maybe as as obvious one as as some other properties might be. But it's no surprise this is is happening. You know we're seeing almost like a, a renaissance as far as video game adaptations go. I mean traditionally video game adaptations were crap. You know video mm-hmm. game movies were crap. Video game cartoons were crap. I mean I watched some of them as a kid and enjoyed them, but they were they were generally crap. Let's be honest. But nowadays, I, I think with the movies have gotten better. There, there was things like Tomb Raider, Dete- you know, which was a good movie. Detective Pikachu was brilliant. Um, the Resident Evil early ones. I should I should specify the the first one was <laughs> yeah, the first one. <laughs> uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was a, a decent movie. So in in the last say four or five years, it's taken a turn in movies. And then in terms of series, we had Castlevania, which is mm. amazing. Uh, we most recently Last had uh, Arcane, uh, mm. the League of Legends show, which mm-hmm. I watched. It's it's very good. Uh, there's a Dota 2 um, adaptation, which Witcher. the second series just recently came out with, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, the Witcher... Yes and no, because obviously oh, initially yeah. it was a book. Yeah, it's true. But, <laughs> um, and there's a lot more on the horizon. There's mm. Devil May Cry. There's a Resident Evil series coming to Netflix, I think. There's um, more Castlevania. There's, uh, I mean, there's a lot. You know, and, and obviously what's to come, we, we don't know if it's any good yet, but we can be hopeful based on the, the animated series that, that we've had. Um, I think what, what a particular example for comparison to It Takes Two is, is Cuphead. Cuphead obviously has an animation coming out. It's a similarly kind of beloved game that, that seemingly came out of nowhere and, and, and people adore. So I, I, there's certainly a market for, for this, you know, for, I, I think I'd, make more sense as a show rather than a movie though that's just just my uh personal opinion in in that sense but um i uh, as i said i i think there's room for it and uh, uh but i'm very intrigued as to how they're going to translate it from a, a game to to show because I, I don't think it'll be maybe as straightforward as some other games have been yeah i feel like a a, a way out would have maybe been a better one but i suppose well, if you've not played it, if you do play it, the twist at the end kind of kills the whole game. Um, well, ruins the whole, would be the ruin the whole series, I suppose. Um, but anywho, we shall move on to the next story. But I, I, I would watch in it takes two series. That's probably the thing to take away. Well, before we go on, did you see the Halo trailer? No, see? not yet. Oh. Go watch it. <laughs> um, after this, go watch the Halo series trailer. It was on the uh, uh, American Football on Monday, I think. Um, right, new story three. Shovel Knight developer's next game is a Zelda-like you play as a mouse. 
I read that earlier, you play with a mouse, so that's more interesting now. Um, this from Polygon by Anna Diaz. Yacht Club Games, the developer of Iron Shovel Knight series, announced its next game at the Yacht Club Games Presents stream on Tuesday. The studio's next title will be original adventure inspired by Game Boy Color. It's called Mina the Hollower. The game is still in early development. Yacht Club said the studio is seeking funding through a Kickstarter campaign that's live now. We want your feedback, collaboration, and support in making Mina the Hollower the best game it can possibly be, the developers said. The developers released a trailer alongside its Mina the Hollower reveal. In the game, you play as Mina, a mouse who fights her way through various dungeons using a whip and other items. Like Shovel Knight, Mina features an 8-bit art style. The game's visuals look a lot like a souped-up version of the Game Boy Color game, the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening from 1993. The Kickstarter page says that the team plans to create a game that runs in smooth 60 frames per second action combat. I've not played Shovel Knight, but I know it's very heartily thought of, so this is just simply good news, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited about, about this. I mean, I played the original Shovel Knight. I haven't played the, the subsequent kind of expansions um simply because it, it took me a while to finish shovel knight because i'm not great at 2d platforms anymore i, I think it's like that we talked about this in the show before if i recall it i feel like there was just a point in my life where i i moved from playing 2d games to 3d games and it's just so hard to go back to 2d games so for that reason it, it, it took me a good while to beat shovel knight but I, but i did and i enjoyed it I, like it's a real charming game but I love Zelda Link's Awakening. It's it's my favorite Zelda game. It's one of my favorite Game Boy games. Like I I adore that game. I love those kind of isometric top down style Zeldas, the old ones. And 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 there's been a lot of games in in recent years that have have tried to to emulate that. Some successfully, some some not so much. I mean, we we've talked a lot on this show about Tunic, which is out of march actually so that that's finally coming up um but there, there there's been kind of uh, games like that that's probably the one that that stands out um in terms of catching people's eye but the idea of yacht club you know being being what they are and the, and the kind of the, the respect they have for people's nostalgia of old games i mean that you know if they can do what they did as far as a mega man type game goes with with shovel knight I can't wait to see what they do in in with with Mina the Hollower um as far as creating a, a Zelda style game goes. I mean th- this is this is instantly right up there on on my kind of anticipation list as particularly as far as independent games go. And I I think this this is something we can confidently say is is going to be a hit. Yeah, certainly on the um reputation of Shovel Knight just anything from the these people seems like it'll be a hit and as you say it, it if we're comparing it to something like Tunic, I'm in. <laughs> I've waited too long for that gift. Uh do you want to take us through the next news story then I can be annoyed about spending money on a bad game again? No worries. Uh our fourth story EA admits Battlefield twenty forty two flopped but would have been less than t- then 10% of annual revenue anyway. This comes from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer, and Tom writes, 
EA has commented on the failed launch of Battlefield 2042, the latest installment in its flagship shooter franchise, which arrived late and with numerous problems. Speaking to investors last night, EA boss Andrew Wilson admitted that Battlefield 2042's launch quote, did not meet expectations, end quote. Quote, developing this game with our teams working from home for nearly two years ultimately proved to be challenging, end quote, Wilson said by way of explanation. Quote, though our processes for testing and preparation, or rather through our processes for testing and preparation, we believe the experience was ready to be put into our players' hands. We launched with strong stability. However, as more players experienced the full game, it became clear that we had un- unanticipated performance issues that we would need to address, end quote. Wilson went on to say the game's design had also ultimately been at fault, putting off some of the franchise's core players. Quote, some of the design choices we made with the game also did not resonate with everyone in our community. End quote. Wilson continued, quote, we are fully committed to realizing the full potential of this game and fully committed to our Battlefield fans. We've already implemented a series of major updates to the game and there is more to be done. End quote. EA said it expected it would take a hundred million dollar hit to revenue as a result of Battlefield 2042's poor performance. Despite all of that, EA still sent a relatively upbeat message to investors by saying that Battlefield 2042 only encountered for a fraction of its annual revenue and that things were still looking rosy as both FIFA and Apex were doing the numbers. Quote, although this is a hundred million dollar reduction on our position at the end of Q2, It is $225 million above our original guidance for the year, end quote. Chief Financial Officer Blake Jorgensen said, quote, the reduction is driven by Battlefield 2042 in both Q3 and Q4, but offset by strength in the rest of the business, particularly in FIFA and Apex Legends. Quote, as originally forecast, the Battlefield franchise would have accounted for significantly less than 10% of this year's net bookings and well below 5% of next year's. We're revising those numbers, but you can see it has little impact on financial year 2023 growth. Quote, to summarize, we just delivered the largest quarter in the company's history. FIFA goes from strength to strength. Apex Legends continues to show extraordinary growth. Battlefield disappointed, but our, broad, but our broad portfolio of games and live services insulates us from the impact of any one title, end quote. And you can get the full story over on Eurogamer. I mean, were, are you surprised at, at all by this guy? I think just on the eve of us finishing the podcast last week, it was announced that, that Battlefield 2042 will be, be going free to play. Um, I mean... Is are we surprised that 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 battlefield flopped so hard? Uh, even more so, are we surprised that it it hasn't really affected EA's bottom line? Uh, no, because EA makes a lot of money from well microtransactions, basically. Ultimate, t- I, I'm pretty sure I funded half of it. Um, I am addicted to that shit. Uh, yes, I'm not surprised. Well, let's put it this way: before it came out. I'd kind of be surprised it flopped. I don't think it looked like the best Battlefield game, but it looked interesting. It looked, obviously, being multiplayer-focused, 
when this is before I played the damn shit thing, um, and you think, okay, that maybe means it'll be really hyper-focused multiplayer, it'll be something interesting. Then I played it. It was like a PS3 game. But if I say that within the Battlefield portfolio, that's when that's when Battlefield was at its peak with Bad Company, and I think Battlefield 3 was that generation as well. Um, Yeah, it's not a good game. It's an awful game. And I paid £80 for that. So yeah, I'm, I fucking hate that game. EA owe me money for that. What was this? What was the Iron Man game called? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Iron Man? Oh, um, Anthem. Anthem. <laughs> That's a lot of money they owe me. And there's probably more. Mass Effect Andromeda, although I finished and enjoyed that, so I'll let them off for that one. But they they they're bastards. They are bastards. Um, but no, I, I'm not... Having played it, I'm not surprised it flopped. Like, even when I'm watching, like, streamers play and stuff like that, game just died a death quick. Like, and we're talking about... When this came out, Warzone was... Um, Warzone... Uh, Verdansk was... The first Warzone map was at its end, I think. I don't think the new one had came out just quite then. So it was at the end of that map cycle... And streamers were looking for another game to play. Like, Halo came out. And obviously Halo's got more limitations because it's not a battle royale or whatever. And it's not like a something you repeat and repeat and repeat. But people were flooding to Halo and stuff like that. Whereas Battlefield had a couple days at most. It, and it just didn't survive because it wasn't a good game. It was full of glitches. It, it just felt like an old game. And there was... There was like an extraction game mode where you, uh, almost like a very basic, very basic version of like something like Escape from Tarkov or Vigor or something like that, where you you do a run, pick up loot, and then try and get out. Um, and it was very that was probably the one interesting thing I got from that game, and that was the most basic game mode. But the multiplayer itself, 
Like, I know Battlefield 1 and 5... Well, 1 was popular, but 5... So I'd, I'd hop on Battlefield 5 happily over that game any day of the week. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't pretty. And I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Battlefield, but I've always been able to appreciate... They look amazing. The gameplay is great. The vehicles kind of just put me off. But on this, like, the gameplay was clunky. It was not great. Even the vehicles were shit. <laughs> but, like... And beyond that, like, servers and stuff like that were dreadful. It was just an awful game. It was an awful, awful game. And I, it, I don't know what DICE were doing. But, yeah, it almost seemed like a quick cash grab. It, it seemingly backfired, apart from taking my money, obviously. But, yeah, I tried getting a a, a refund as well, <laughs> which is annoying. Uh, and, and Microsoft went, well, you've played it. And I was like, put it shit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it was a bad experience. I mean, I've heard nothing but but bad things. I I didn't haven't played it. I had no real in, intentions of playing it. I I think when it was initially announced, I, I was like, oh, cool, like Battlefield are, are going somewhat in the future because I, I remember Battlefield twenty one forty two back in the PC in the day. A friend of mine played, and I. I kind of had a, a dabbled in it at, at his house and it, it was cool i mean I, i'd been a, a big fan of um the original battlefield 1942 i used to, to play bot matches on, on the pc um so i didn't play online at the time and then uh, i said that this friend had both battlefield 2142 and battlefield 2 on pc and i quite enjoyed them and then that caused me to go out and buy the the kind of watered down version of battlefield 2 that was released for ps2 back in the day and i played that and enjoyed it somewhat and i i think the next time i got into battlefield then was was playing bad company one on my stepbrother's ps3 while i was waiting for my xbox to, to come over from ireland so i had a, a limited pool of games and and i enjoyed um bad company so much so that i bought bad company 2 and i absolutely adored bad company too and that led on to me playing battlefield 3 which again i enjoyed but after that i kind of had a little time away from the series i didn't play 4 i didn't play hardline is that what it was called yeah hardline yeah it was yeah and but i came back in for eventually i was a latecomer to battlefield 1 but i did come in eventually and I really loved the vignettes, like the single-player vignettes. Mm. I thought they were so enjoyable. And that's why I picked up Battlefield Five for the same thing. And again, like I dabbled in the multiplayer a little bit, had a bit of a laugh, but for the most part, I was there for the vignettes. So for them to then say they weren't going to have single-player in Battlefield 2042, I was just sort of like, okay, it's not for me anymore. That's fine. I'm out. But then it's kind of laughable that they decide to focus on multiplayer and then fuck up the multiplayer so bad. At least if it had a solid campaign like past Battlefield games, you know, reviewers and stuff would have said, well, at least the single player is good. I know that wouldn't matter to all the people who literally just play these games for multiplayer, but there'd be something for it to cling on to. But it doesn't have that, and therefore it has nothing. So it, it's 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 crazy to see like that you know that that it's doing this badly so bad I mean, few releases from dice mind isn't it i mean what if we have battlefield 5 battlefront 2 battlefront 1 was obviously that was a while ago but that was a a big old flop and this i 
Yeah, yeah it, just, I mean, it just seems to be respawn or bust. Really. The, the last time they like uh, um, the last time they they had a a, a truly kind of um, good game, like or a great game, let's say, was probably um, Battlefield One. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at its meta score there. It has a meta score of 88. Like that, that's probably the last mm-hmm. time. So you're you're talking, as you said, that Battlefront 2, Battlefield 5, and Battlefield 2042 before that. And their game before Battlefield 1 was, of course, Star Wars Battlefront 1, which wasn't great either. So it's been a bit of a fall from grace from DICE in, in recent years. And, you know, you, I, I'm sure they'll get another... You know that they'll get another couple of shots at it, but if things continue to to take a nosedive, you know we've seen with with Medal of Honor in the past that EA is is not afraid to kind of pull the plug on mm. on a, a shooter series. Now I know um, in, in that case, you know obviously it was more so because of oversaturation. We're having two games in the same genre, but you know who's to say that respawn you know, won't be seen as the new home. Respawn of, will get Medal of Medal of Honor back. <laughs> yeah, but like, like something anyway. Mm. They're as their main, their their main shooter, and mm. and then that could see Dice left in in the dirt, and then Dice could just suddenly be uh, just just an engine studio you know, that that they're kept around just to make new versions of Frostbite. Like it's, I'm not saying that will happen, but it it could happen, and it's just a, it's a weird situation when you think just a few years ago it, it seemed like they were one of those un, untouchable studios um but i mean overall it's it, it's funny to think that ea is is doing fantastic apparently financially in despite a dud like battlefield 2042 and despite another apparent dud in many ways in in the form of the latest madden like i i, I don't play American football games, I, I wouldn't know where to begin. But I gather from people who do play them that it's not great. That that series for a long time has just been a reskin that they've put. Well, most some... people say they're saying on FIFA, to be fair. So, yeah, if it's the same experience, yeah. I gather it's even worse with NFL. Like they, they took they took referees out of the game a few years ago <laughs> and claimed it was something to, to do with it. it. Just it was too much resources to have referees in, and they did not bother putting them back in. I mean, it's 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 mental. Like it's it it just seems completely stripped back. But then they just know people are going to buy it because you know Nothing it's mad. There's there's no real competition for it. There, well, there is no competition yeah. for it, and it's It'll impossible for it to be any competition. Yeah. It'll be interesting with FIFA because they're losing the FIFA. Is it this one or next year? They're losing the FIFA license, aren't they? So they're going to be. I think it's going to be called like EA Sports Football or something for some time. I'll have to Google that uh, after the next story or something like that. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for. Uh, for EA Sports, I mean, if FIFA sells their name license or whatever the hell, the correct, I don't know, Take Two have got all the other sports games, so maybe them or some or Two K, I should say. Um, I interesting. I think I think FIFA is safe simply for the fact that uh, esports football, you know, the 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 football game formerly known as Pro Evolution Soccer, was the worst game last year. I think it, I think it ended up with like a Metacritic average of like twenty four percent. 
So uh, I think I think there's just no contender there. I know there was that uh, free to play football, another free to play football game that was announced by I think we we might have discussed that on the podcast in the past by by a, a Belarusian um, studio. Yeah, Ronaldo's uh, I, I, um, endorsed it, hasn't he? He's, adver- he's advertised UFL. I think it was called. I'm sure because I think Ronaldo got. I think he got downgraded on FIFA Ultimate Team or something like that, because he he was part of the um, advertisement. I think I can't remember the game. I think UFL. It might not be the one we mentioned, but I think it's one made by streamers or something like that. It's called UFL or something like that. I'll have a look. UFL is an upcoming free to play. FIFA will sell EA its naming rights for one billion for four years, and that was from October last year. EA signaled soon after release of FIFA 22 that the next iteration of the nearly 30-year-old franchise game might not be called FIFA. In a press release, EA explained that it was reviewing our naming rights agreements with FIFA, which opens the possibilities that agreements might not be reached at all. Interesting. Yeah, no, you were right. It is called UFL. Is it? Okay. Looks like they're, it's coming out later this year. Looks like it's it's partnered with uh, FIFA Pro. Uh, mm. the the organization for the footballers, which is funny, you often see like play certain players coming out and and having a go at FIFA, saying that they, you know, haven't given their 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 rights to to be included in the game. Um, so it's it's interesting that they're they're reaching out um to the players. Um, it, it, certainly one to to keep an eye on. Um. Mm. We're going to get an oversaturation of football games now. Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be the, the next frontier. Although, I wouldn't be surprised after eSports football for Konami well, to just completely pull that block. Yeah. We'll remake Pro Evolution Soccer 5, which would be best for all. <laughs> I, I think what would be awesome is if Konami just took one of their old winning eleven games from like you know also known as as iss um here in the west back in the 90s and just kind of oppressed it and put in like modern rosters that that's what i want as a football game i mean fifa has the same side of things covered we might not love everything about it but i mean you're not gonna deshelve it at this point but i'd love like a more arcadey football game like i think that would be be class to be fair, I think um, FIFA and EA tried to dabble into it, but like the 2K story modes where you play as a certain character, I'd like that in football, but done better than what EA did. But yeah, the arcadey ones, like shooting, like I know they've brought back FIFA Street kind of, but if they went, if a somewhere if, like Konami or whatever went proper FIFA Street arcadey stuff, I'd be I'd be in on that. I think. But right, let's get into the news. The bit, like the actual news that people are probably here for because it's the title of the show. I might put a timestamp in there because people might want to skip football chat. Uh, I'll do this one because then you can talk about it. Uh, Sony buying Bungie for $3.6 billion. This is from GamesIndustry.biz by Brendan Sinclair. Sony Interactive Entertainment today announced a deal to acquire Bungie for $3.6 billion the latest in a string of big-ticket consolidation deals in in the games industry. After the deal closes, Bungie will be an independent subsidiary of 
uh, Sony, run by a board of directors consisting of current CEO and chairman Pete Parsons and the rest of the studio's, studio's current management te- uh, team. Sony has said Bungie will remain a multi-platform studio with the option to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play. At present, the studio is working on maintaining Destiny 2, expanding the Destiny franchise and working on new IP. We've had a strong partnership with Bungie since the inception of the Destiny franchise and I couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome the studio into the PlayStation family, said Sony uh, uh, SIE President of CEO and CEO Jim Ryan. This is an important step in our strategy to expand the reach of PlayStation to a much wider audience. We understand how vital Bungie's community is to the studio and look forward to supporting them as they remain independent and continue to grow. Like Bungie, our community is core to PlayStation's DNA and our shared passion for the gamer and building the best place to play will now evolve even further. Parsons said SIE supported the studio's dual goals of making generation-spanning entertainment while staying creatively independent. Both Bungie and SIE believe the game worlds are only the beginning of what our IP will become. Parsons said, Our original universe has immense potential, and with SIE support, we will propel Bungie's into, uh, Bungie into becoming a global multimedia entertainment company dedicated to delivering on our creative vision. Mr. PlayStation, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, it's maybe not as, as straightforward as some of the other um, acquisitions, be, simply because there's a lot of emphasis on, on a maintained independence. I mean, it, it looks like they're, they're going to be right out of an independent subsidiary. Um, you know, the, there's mention of them still self-publishing on other um platforms so you can you i think you can bank that any future bungie titles are going to come to pc straight off you can bank that and i think it's clear that destiny 2 is as they've said announced is going to remain on xbox and i think their their next big project um which is codenamed um trying to remember here um matter isn't it matter yeah that's the one nice assist there um matter i i would i would have a good feeling i I would say that that will be on xbox as well Mm -hmm. um but then kind of where do we go from there you know that that that's the big question you know will will all future bungee titles be across the the, the the three kind of main uh platforms for for triple a experiences or after that point will it just be playstation and pc or could it be more selective because you know bungie scaled up a lot you know prior to this takeover in recent months there had been investment from china they they used that to open up new studios and hire and it seemed definitely like they were working on multiple projects. So my best prediction on how this will pan out is I think that there will be Bungie games that are on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. And I do think Matter being their their next big product will be one of those. But I think there will be some Bungie products that are PC and PlayStation exclusive. Mm. 
I could be wrong on that. Maybe maybe Bungie have complete say and consider, yeah, no, we're just putting everything still on Xbox. But I do think, I don't think, you know, that, that uh, like, if if Xbox made this acquisition and said, oh, we're, we're going to keep everything multi-plat, that would make sense to me because that's their that's their long-term goal, you know, is Game Pass. It's it's not Xbox, it's Game Pass. It's, you know, that they're, they're the the father of the PC anyway. So they're, 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 they're happy to be out there. Sony aren't Xbox, you know, the, the PlayStation at the end of the day is still their bread and butter. They are starting to bring their games to PC, but PlayStation is still the main thing for them. So I just don't, don't see how they drop this much money. If it wasn't going to, to involve, you know, some level of exclusivity. So I, I do think there will be select projects that aren't on an, an Xbox platform. And, you know, it, it could completely come back to bite me in the ass. I could be wrong. I was wrong when I, you know, as I said last week, I was wrong when I said that the, the likes of the Elder Scrolls and um, Wolfenstein and, and things like that would, well, less so Wolfenstein, but mainly the Elder Scrolls and Fallout would be on PlayStation. Doesn't seem that's going to be the case. So I was wrong on that. Time will tell, I suppose. But my personal gut feeling is that there will be some Bungie games that are more on all platforms, some Bungie games that are just PlayStation and PC. I mean, what's, what's your thought? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. Because I think with, with Bungie... They've only, well, before, not counting Halo, they've only made two games. So this is something brand new for them. Obviously, they've, when, what were they independent for, like, six months, a year? Or is time just different in COVID times? Uh, are we talking two games since they stopped making Halo? Yeah. Is it yeah. two? Yeah. Is yeah, Destiny 1 or 2. Yeah. Destiny 1 or 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... It is strange. It's the fact that because last year I think they did like a um, was it roadmap? That's what it was for Destiny Two, and that spanned for years. I know Bungie's massive and the higher hundreds of people, but Matter's been named for a few years now, and we've not heard any news whatsoever about that. Is, is that the one that's China funded? Is it Net Netgo? Whatever the what's a company called? Whatever it's called. Um, I think that's funded by that one. I think the other rumor is they were going to make a shooter. I'm sure, I think I heard that like a few years ago on like a, not a few years like maybe last year on a podcast unlocked or something. Like that. I'm sure I heard him. Might just been speculation or something. Um, but there's only two games that are kind of linked linked into being development other than Destiny Two. So I don't think it's a comparable position. Certainly not to Activision, because that is a whole publishing branch of the industry. Well, let's say uh, Bethesda, or even some of the smaller ones. Um, it's... I don't know, because Destiny... Uh, I keep going there. Bungie don't make loads of games, <laughs> whereas Bethesda do. Um, it's just strange to me. I'm just not sure... I think again. I was listening to unlock this this afternoon on the subject. Bungie seem to have bigger plans to expand 
destiny in, into other forms of media and of TV shows, etc. So maybe they're just worried about if they put that on one platform, it might limit that. But Destiny certainly will be on on uh, all consoles, all platforms, etc. But I don't know. Is Matter going to be linked to Destiny in some way? Or is the other unannounced game going to be linked to Destiny? Is it all going to be in some sort of Bungie world? Who knows? It's a strange one, but I think as an acquisition, I think it's really smart from Sony. Even if it is multi-platform, you've 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 got our our next news story is kind of linked to it. But you've got the kings of um, games with a service and world building and stuff like that. And albeit Destiny, we mentioned our frustrations with Destiny earlier. It is some of the best gameplay and one one of our, certainly one of my favorite games of last gen. Uh, Destiny one probably more so than Destiny two. Um, it they they are a fantastic studio and they obviously pub self publish now or did. Um, it's a fantastic acquisition. Seems quite a lot of money for me, but unless I'm just not thinking big enough here. But um, yeah, Bungie is excellent. They they made many many of my favorite games in in well history, and they've bought they bought Halo's dad because we bought Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, I mean, they they talk about a lot about the older media, mm. you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm expecting us to see some sort of Destiny movie or show or something in in the near future, or maybe both, you know. Yeah. Um. So I I I think it's as much for that kind of thing that that's because let's not forget Sony also own a, a movie studio. It's it's not Absolutely. just PlayStation. So there, there, there's, there's a lot there. Um, I think as far as matter goes, you know, we, we don't know what it is at the end of the day, but your gut feeling would say it'll be some form of shooter and it'll involve space because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you look at Bungie, let, let's even go pre Halo. The, the two series they were most known for back in the day were Marathon and Myth. Myth was a space-based FPS, and it, and it it, it 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 sort of shares a lot of DNA with Halo. Uh, I think there was like Spartan armor and stuff in in Myth as well, and and they seem to take a lot of the ideas from Myth and and bring it to Halo. Um, and Destiny obviously shares some DNA with with Halo, and I feel that mm-hmm. that DNA will then be further carried on to to matter. Um, uh, and I think with Destiny being a live service game again I'd assume Destiny or Matter will be a live service game and we talked last week how it made it didn't make much sense for Microsoft to to make Call of Duty exclusive seen as the way in which it makes its money the same way it didn't make sense for them to make Minecraft exclusive mm-hmm. and the same way I, I I seriously doubt that they'll make Overwatch 2 exclusive when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And I think the exact same thing applies here for Destiny and will apply for Matter, um, will apply for any other game Bungie develops that that's in that similar wheelhouse. However, Bungie, you know, they're they're in the process of setting up a studio in Amsterdam and they're they're kind of investing in teams elsewhere. They're they're expanding. So I think Bungie are likely going to be in a position where they can support Destiny, develop Matter, and develop other projects, or at least another project. Mm-hmm. And 
Bungie prior, as I said, to, to, to their time with Xbox, they made Marath or Myth rather, sorry, which was a, an RTS, a fancy RTS series kind of, uh, comparable, I suppose, to, to Warcraft. Um, they, they also may had some other games. I, I remember things like Oni and stuff on, um, on PlayStation 2 back in the day. Uh, not the biggest game. Let's be fair, but it it was something they they did. I think that was actually their their kind of bridge game between uh, Myth and and moving on to to Halo. And I think the the reason that really it, it's funny, but I was only listening to a podcast coincidentally recently that was talking about kind of big game glitches, and it talked about with Myth uh, how. Uh, one of the myths, I think it was Myth 2, there was like a glitch where if you deleted Myth 2 off your computer, it would brick your computer because of the way in which the game installed. And that led, that really hit, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a massive hit to Bungie financially. And that's why they ultimately ended up going with, with Microsoft and, and getting taken over there. Uh, so, but they do have it in them to make other games, and I'm sure they 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 would like to make something that isn't just simply a space shooter. As much as they enjoy making those games, so if they do, if I'm right in that, and they do pursue another project, it would be that kind of third project, that third kind of wheel of of Bungie, that I think would would be what they would look set as kind of your PlayStation exclusive, and I think that's. That has to be playing a, a part in this takeover. There's also the support. We know some other Sony studios and Sony affiliated studios are said to be working on shooters. And it's great to have Bungie in house where they can kind of lend, have them, they might co develop some projects with other studios. That's another possibility. That there's a lot that this, this takeover can, can do. Um, for for PlayStation moving forward, so e- even if it's not, you know, just to have exclusives or just purely exclusive games coming, you know, there there, there is a lot of a lot of benefit, and, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how how this one pans out. And um, one aspect of the the news that I want to talk about was after this was announced. Uh, Jason Schreier, you know, the, the champion of the people when it comes to, to game developers, tweeted out, and, uh, you know, Jason's a fantastic games journalist, but I think he, he often has a, you know, kind of an underlying message to his stories. You know, he likes to talk about crunch and stuff, and sometimes that's important to highlight. Other times it, it feels like he's, you know, kind of clutching at straws when there, there's not really a problem there to, to talk about. And in this tweet, he said that when Bungie uh, got away from Microsoft, they celebrated uh, in a meeting uh, when they got out of their contract with Activision. Again, they, they popped champagne in a meeting. And then now, following their acquisition of Sony, the staff were told over a Zoom meeting and the implication there was oh, that that's kind of a you know bad treatment. I mean, for me, I think the situation is is different. Uh, I mean, what what's your your take on that? It is strange. I think I think seemingly them keeping their independence it's it, probably the key thing there. Uh, well, independence in quotation marks for the time being. Um, it's probably what the key is, because getting out from Microsoft 
obviously Microsoft at that stage wasn't really taking gaming seriously and we just well they just wanted Bungie to keep pumping out Halo by the looks of it um good choice there Microsoft thank you um and then Activision well we we spent last week discussing what a mess that is and um probably not the best working conditions and getting under getting out from them um well I think Blizzard would love to do that and but yeah well would have loved to have done that and, and so on so yeah that's probably one thing for popping champagne and stuff like that and then this independent bit I think they've only done a couple DLCs as self-publishing um so not really anything to judge there but they've been craving independence for what 15 years now a bit longer no probably well, I think it was 20 it was 2009, I think they left Xbox, uh, Microsoft. So yeah, a, a decent amount of years. So they've been craving independence. And if they can get funded by Sony and then get the uh, multimedia film backing by Sony, it's a good deal for them. And then it, it, on Sony's part, if they get the, well, basically the help they need in, in making certain things cross-platform, shooters whatever first person shooting mechanics and, and, and different tech at, at, at Bungie it, it works for them both I think but Bungie have been craving that that's that independence for a while now so it'll be interesting to see how long the deal lasts but I think if Sony Sony came out day one of the deal and said everything will be multi-plat uh they're still Bungie basically it it seems like it'll be happy days for them but I'm pretty sure we've said that before yeah, I mean, for for me, when they were at Microsoft, they were just the Halo studio. That's all Microsoft wanted them to be, and that's not what they wanted to be. I mean, that's what 343 is now. It's just the Halo studio. You know, they've got their Halo studio. They have their Gears studio. That's, that's what Microsoft likes as far as their shooters. Bungie didn't want to be that. And then they went to, uh, they partnered with Activision for Destiny, and Activision just wanted to steer Destiny one way. Bungie wanted to steer it another way. I don't think, you know, at PlayStation, it looks like they're going to be allowed to develop whatever they their products they want. Okay, I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not being naive here. I know, obviously, at the end of the day, when you belong to a company, you are going to answer to them at some stages, and we know. Sony aren't perfect. They they don't let their studios off to do what they want. You know, we we we've talked about in the past. Obviously, their their particularly their um, treatment of Bend. You know, they kind of messed them around in in recent months. You know, putting them on a you know not let allowing them to to make a sequel to um, Days Days Gone, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, then kind of putting them on a a sequel to Uncharted, and then taking them off it because they didn't want to do it and then finally green lighting a, a new project they're not perfect but for the most part they they do support their teams they 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 kind of allow them some creative freedom i think bungie will will be able to do a lot more than they will have you know under microsoft uh, at least under the microsoft of old and then, obviously, um, than they did in their their partnership with with Activision. I, I mean, I I think Sony has a lot of trust in Bungie, and and they know what they're doing. 
And I think they're going to be able to continue to do that. I mean, that said, shoving aside this individual case, as I said last week and, and as you echoed, we don't like this consolidation. We, we don't want everyone being bought up. And sadly, we know it's going to continue. You know, we, we know Microsoft aren't done. It might be difficult for them to buy another mega publisher um, kind of with, with competition in, in, mm-hmm. in mind. You know, it's kind of a, looking like a monopoly. But I think they're going to still buy studios. There's consistent rumors that they're they're going to buy um, Avalanche. And I.O. You know, the, the, the stu- yeah, and I.O. And I, I think that'll happen with mm-hmm. both of those. I'm, I'm pretty confident they'll happen. I don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it will. I still wouldn't rule out them. Well, they, you know, well, maybe an EA or a Take Two or Ubisoft might be off the table because of, you know, kind of just scaling up too much and, and then being seen as a monopoly. Nonetheless, a smaller publisher isn't off the table, particularly a Japanese publisher. So I, I can't rule out a, a Sega. So I don't think Microsoft are done. And I think Sony will continue to make acquisitions. You know, as we talked about, there's a couple, I think from software is something that some industry analysts think, you know, could could potentially be there. Um, there, you know, level five is one I've brought up a few times on the back. I think I, I mentioned again last week that a Japanese developer that that Sony, although indeed Nintendo as well, have have a good relationship with. Um, and as a lot of people have said, Sony's path to acquisitions is usually second party relationship maybe get out a game or two if it goes well acquire them Mm -hmm. that's what has happened with a lot of the the studios that are currently in their stable and that's what people expect to see so you know the the studio um the ex Treyarch guys um they are called um, deviation games mm. that are, are working on a new sh- a new shooter apparently a lot of people think if that shooter comes out and does well a few months later they'll suddenly be a Playstation studio makes sense to me of course there's also um, Jade Raymond's founded studio Haven Studios up in Canada who are, are working on a second like a, a second party title for Sony Again, if that does well, they might be acquired. That that's that's. I, I suppose you could say that's a little. I mean, it is consolidation. Don't get me wrong. It's a little bit different because obviously Sony is investing in these studios and helping cultivate them and then bringing them in house. It's not quite the same as going out and buying a studio that's been around for thirty years. But it's it's still a form of of consolidation. It's still con- contributing um and it's not welcome but it's going to continue and and on a podcast i was listening to today people were talking about all oh, with sony and microsoft buying people who could nintendo buy and you know <laughs> nintendo obviously are smaller than both mm. of them but they could buy some studios they they could um even buy maybe a a Capcom, it'd be a massive deal for them, but I, I think it would be attainable. Um, they'd get the investment to make it happen, but that's that's just how things are going to continue to work. And you know, we just and that we're not even getting into ten cent there. We know they're going to continue to to buy up things. So 
I don't like consolidation, but unfortunately, I think it's just one of those parts of the the gaming industry we're just going to have to accept. Like we, we've had to accept other things we don't like, like microtransactions, for example. What's the breaking point on this? Because it can't just all like I know Microsoft have the funds to do it, and so so Sony do as well. But when's the breaking point? Like, and this this is what I'm mentioning: Amazon, Apple, Google whoever else, whenever they get in, I mean, it's going to be even more absolutely fucked. But surely surely there has to be a breaking point where they think we can make more money working together than just trying to attract each other to our ecosystem for Xbox console for Sony. Like, I'm not saying put all the... Because that, that's just living in fantasy land. But surely there has to be some sort of deal eventually where, I don't know, COD, well, you mentioned earlier, COD titles go on playstation and xbox gets bungee tail surely surely they'll have to be some sort of working together at some point i'm not saying you can have halo we can have last of us etc the old ones and, and stuff like that but long set tight third party titles that has to be up for debate still this is just stupid like you're gonna you're gonna well two companies could potentially monopolize the industry or three if you put 10 cent in there i i mean I I think there comes a point down the future where, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore in that. No, Mm. consolidation from a business point will matter. And, you know, I'll I'll talk about that separately in a minute. But in terms of the just focusing on the, the PlayStation and Xbox angle of it. Because I think there comes a point either where, or, or potentially both, um, where, you know, uh, Spartacus, uh, Sony's uh, upcoming service, or service reboot rather, because obviously they already have a service in, in place, and Game Pass are on the opposite platforms. You know, like Game Pass is on PlayStation, Spartacus is on, mm. on Xbox, or at least some maybe watered-down version. Or alternatively, um, or potentially on top of, where kind of you know, consoles aren't even relevant anymore. And it's just like on your smart TV or your PC, mm. you log on to the PlayStation kind of Spartacus service and or the Game Pass service and you have your games there. I mean, it's already happening with Game Pass. And then it's it's not really relevant because you can just get your... your I mean, I suppose you, you have to pay for the services, but we already do that with streaming services. So I think we're acclimated to it. So down the road, it, it, in terms of the exclusives and that, it, it's probably not going to matter. But, you know, that could be five to ten years away. It's it's, it's difficult to say. Um, I mean, from a business point of view, though, I mean, there, there is a limit for these individual bodies. You know, as we said, it's difficult to see Microsoft buying in a, an EA or a Take-Two or Ubisoft even maybe at this point because – you know, at one point, the government, you know, be that either in the US or the EU is going to say, ah, here now, lads, that, that's a monopoly. No, we're, we're, we're saying no, that's not allowed to happen. And therefore, I, I think maybe Microsoft will slow down. Although I heard on a, on a, a, a another podcast um, that I listened to that, that apparently um, insiders say that this, you know, what Microsoft has spent so far on acquisitions is only about half of the budget they have for gaming related acquisitions. So I don't know, but I think personally, I'd be surprised if we see another massive one 
but as 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 I've said before, you know, moments ago, that doesn't rule out them buying another handful of developers like they have in the past. That doesn't rule out even buying maybe a smaller publisher. So they will do more. Sony will do more. Tencent will do more. Embracer, of course, will do more on a, a smaller scale. And and EA and Take Two, to a lesser sense as well, will will be making their acquisitions. But so there does come a point where each body is eventually going to be told if to, to keep at it. No, you you've kind of gotten too big, type thing. You you've got you brought too much under your banner. This is a monopoly. No, but because there's so many of them to do it, I I feel we have to accept a situation whereby you know five to ten years from here we're gonna have have a point where 90% of of um the industry is concentrated in the hands of maybe six or seven bodies that's just the way it's going to be unfortunately unless something drastic changes you know you're you're still always going to have some some holdouts and your indies you know pe- people who want to go it alone but I, I do think <laughs> basically just devolver versus Xbox yeah. and Sony but I, I think for the most part we, we are going to see a, a large concentration of, of studios in, in the hands of the few that's kind of sad isn't it it's a bit it's not great it, it is you know, I, I like I like the diversity of, of publishers and, and studios, but it's just it's just a trend that's that's just sparked, and and I think a lot of people have pointed the finger at Microsoft, but you know, I think before Microsoft were were doing this, uh, I think Tencent and to a lesser extent, um, you know, less importantly, because the, the studios they were acquiring weren't, weren't seen as as important. But the Embracer Group, like they're they're the two mm. who kind of, I mean, acquisitions have always been there. We know that, but in in terms of doing it on a a regular basis, they have been the two that 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 have kind of gotten in there and 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 started this this massive consolidation. I think uh, I can't remember his name, the uh, IGN guy. Who was the Xbox one? I can't remember bloody name. Um, I think he worked out it was like $85 billion has been spent in 2022 on acquisitions already. Obviously, most of that's Activision Blizzard, but so I got Activision Blizzard this and then um, Zinger. Zinger, that's the one. It's it's just gone February, lads. <laughs> and, it, and Embracer still haven't announced any acquisitions. And, you know, we may only do one a week. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like we were reporting on one every other day on, mm. on uh, the podcast uh, in previous years. So I, I think there's more to come this year for yeah. sure. Um, you know, and not maybe nothing on the level of, of activate most likely well, nothing on the level of acquisition. Well, kind of Activision, kind of, rather, but in, in over in. Well, maybe linked news a bit, not directly linked, but um, uh, the Suicide Squad game got delayed, and obviously W. I'm not saying this is linked. I'm just bringing it up, just to bring up the sad news of that game got delayed to 2023. Um, so news broke before we finished the podcast, Carl. So that's a bloody first. Um, WB is still there. That seems obtainable without monopolizing or being a monopoly that seems like the one microsoft will especially go for but playstation has long links with never realm don't know i know it's not all of wb um that seems like the next biggish one on the market for me 
Um, I mean, they they were actively shopping them. Yeah, we talked exactly. about it on the podcast, yeah, yeah. but they they then seemed to backtrack and and change their plans. Um, but they are having so, issues with Suicide Squad and the Harry Potter game as well. So it's yeah. I mean, as we discussed at the time, I think WB Games is a difficult one because you know obviously a lot of their properties are linked to exactly, Warner Bros. Yeah. and those properties aren't necessarily going to go with the studios. And then you're really just buying Mortal Kombat and some studios. And and all the had some some talented studios like Netherrealm and Monolith and, and uh Rocksteady, but nonetheless studios without properties. So it's it's a tricky one that and, and again it's it, it's more so like you're pulling a part of a company out of a company um rather than outright acquiring them. Um it's it's interesting. Um uh, it, it is one of the ones that that has the the potential um to to be there. Uh, I think the the next acquisition we see from Microsoft, as I said, that will be a, a studio. Um, I, I think uh, I/O or, or Avalanche would be the the formers. A lot of people question the Avalanche new, new link because, um, you know they're they're not, they're not exactly this stellar studio that are knocking out hits left, right, and center. They they've some some good games, some very good games, some not so good games. It's they're kind of a mixed bag. Um, but mm. it, it does seem to be one there, and that, that would be my um mm-hmm. expectation. Sony's. I think they're definitely looking at, at acquiring more, but I, 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 you know, I wouldn't have called the Bungie one, so I wouldn't dare try to to to, to call their their next one here. But I, I do Square think Square would be it, wouldn't it? I mean, they've got all their games are basically PlayStation exclusives anyway. Or time uh, yeah, I mean, there there is a, a potential there. It's one that would make sense. Um, I, I mean, I, I was joking um, in a, a WhatsApp group we put in the, this morning um, about a, a potential uh, Microsoft acquisition of Sega and mm. saying that they'll have Persona over my dead body. And as I said, while I'm not a fan of uh, consolidation, if Sony has to buy Square Enix and Sega to keep Persona and Final Fantasy on PlayStation platforms, then I'll begrudgingly accept that over a Microsoft okay. acquisition. But you know, it's Square is a, a like Square. You'd be talking double or more the price of what they've paid for Bungie now. So it's a big one. They they are capable of it, but it. It's a big move, um, and it, eight, it would be well about eight billion, you reckon? It, uh, somewhere between eight and ten billion. Bethesda, I'd say. a bit more than Bethesda. Yeah, I, I think they'd be worth more yeah. than Bethesda. I, I could be wrong on that, but I would think so. So uh, I, yeah, I, I think, um, I, I think if if they make a major acquisition, Sony, it, it is most likely to be Square Enix. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not sure I, I see it imminently. But I, I I certainly could see them picking up some smaller studios. Particularly, I, I'm I'm expecting a couple of Japanese acquisitions for Sony because I, I think they I think they kind of scared, They got rid of uh, Studio Japan, just kind of te- uh, kept um, Team um, uh, Asabo, uh, the, the yeah. people behind Rescue Bot or Astrobot rather. Um, 
So that I feel like they've kind of taken one step back to take kind of two steps forward in terms of their their um, Japanese presence. So I, I do mm-hmm. expect some some Japanese acquisitions uh, at some point. And yeah, no, I, but I I think I think twenty these won't be the last acquisitions last this year. And I'm not just talking about Embrace; they're going out and, and making their usual acquisitions. Uh, I think we'll we'll see some more high eyebrow. Razors, even if none quite meet the, the no, level of Activision. Yeah. Just keep it under 10 bill, lads. It's Keep it cheap, you know. Why not? Uh, what a strange time. Was that? No, we have uh, service games to talk about. Or did we kind of mention that in? No, you, you want to bring that up? Yeah, so well, our last story, and I think we've kind of already delved into it somewhat. PlayStation plans to launch more than 10 live service games before March 2026. And this comes from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. Tom writes, Sony will launch more than 10 new live service games over the next four years, it is said. Just days after announcing its $3.6 billion Bungie bio bid. Speaking as part of an investor presentation transcribed by Eurogamer, Sony exec Hiroki Totoki said Bungie would aid PlayStation in this major expansion of live service game development. Quote, the strategic significance of this acquisition lies not only in obtaining the highly successful Destiny franchise, as well as major new IP Bungie is currently developing, but also incorporating into the Sony group the expertise and technologies Bungie has developed in the live game services space, end quote, Toki said. Quote, we intend to utilize these strengths when developing game IP at PlayStation Studios as we expand into the live game services area. End quote. Quote, true close collaboration between Bungie and PlayStation Studios. We aim to launch more than 10 live service games by the fiscal year ending March 2026. End quote. It's a bold statement from a first party most often praised for its blockbuster single player franchises, Uncharted. The Last of Us, God of War, and Horizon. So what are those 10? Well, we have a good guess. First off, there's Bungie's new franchise, codename Matter. We know this won't be PlayStation exclusive, but will it turn up on Xbox as well, or just PC? The Last of Us developer Naughty Dog has been building its new version of the series multiplayer for years now, after separating it out from The Last of Us Part Two. That seems another likely bet. Next, there's the Twisted Metal project reportedly in the works at UK developer Firesprite. Surely this will not be a one-and-done release and will have some kind of live service and or battle pass. Horizon Zero Dawn developer Gorilla has hired for roles relating to online game development, suggesting some kind of multiplayer spin-off of that popular franchise is on the cards. Then there's Deviation Games, the 100-person team set up by former Call of Duty Black Ops developers. The studio is currently in development on a new IP for PlayStation. Most recently, we heard Sony's London studio is also making an online game. And then perhaps there's whatever the Jade Raymond founded Haven Studios is up to. And you can read the story over on Eurogamer, of course. I mean, is this a surprise guy considering that Microsoft were already kind of known as the multiplayer guys with Gears and Halo and, you know, now they've they've brought Activision in and, and suddenly have a, a lot more multiplayer games. People have been saying for a while 
Sony to get back in that space. There has been this long rumored project at, at um, Gorilla, and people didn't know whether it was a, a multiplayer Horizon or a new Kill Zone, or mm. even there was talk of even a, a Soka, a new Socom game. A long time since we had one of those. You know, is it? You know, is a time that that PlayStation effectively stops surrendering this genre to to Microsoft and 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 try and fight back on that front somewhat? Yeah, I think so. I think the it's not a criticism, but I think we have pointed out in the past that regardless of how good Sony games are, they are kind of samey. They're all third person adventure, etc. They're all like mostly excellent nine slash ten out of ten. But they can be semi, let's be fair. If you add in this, some of them will be third person, like Last of Us. Is it Factions it's called, or will be called? Uh, the, the the multiplayer mode in the first Last of Us was called Factions. So they're just calling it So that. they presume it's going right, to be called yeah. Factions, yeah. So, so that'll be third person. Uh, Gorilla, if it is Horizon, that'll be third person. But it'll be different. But if it's not, it'll be... Um, wouldn't a, a first-person Horizon multiplayer game be pretty cool? Like going around with a bow and arrow. And... Sounds like Ark. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, in a sense. But I'd play that. It, it, yeah, Metal for me, it'd, it'd be a, a cool idea. That would be kind of cool. Need to do what GTA did and make you be able to switch. Um, and Deviation, get if, if, if they're just making COD with a different whatever, that'll be first person. So adding in these, and then obviously more to the point, multiplayer, um, it's certainly what's been lacking. Uh, I'm trying to think, what would be, would Killzone actually be the last multi proper multiplayer-based game? I know I had a story. Yeah, I, I think it would be, yeah. Dear you me, that's been a long while ago. Was that, that was the launch of, PS4, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the last uh, Killzone game came out uh, then, and and then since then they've somewhat uh, abandoned the series. It's not great. It's not great, but no, I think this is them just trying to take back control, but also adding a bit of different um, to the portfolio, difference to the portfolio. Um, but it it will be interesting. The amount of live action games. The, if if they are good, they are just constantly money makers as well. I mean, Sony. I'm not obviously they are. Were they second in the money? Ma- were they first or second? Were they behind Tencent in the money making that we talked I about last week? Think so. Uh, I can't recall yeah. off the top of my head. They were one. On, they so. were one or two. So they obviously make a lot of money, regardless. But if you've got games that are there with battle passes and constant updates. Of, of content and stuff like that they will just add more money in more money in more money in so this is just clever by sony it gives them different stuff for the gaming portfolio and if they are successful it will be just cash it'll just be cash streams after cash streams it'll be it, it's clever by them but yeah i think i'm not i'd play well i probably wouldn't play but i'd be interested to see what horizon zero dawn multiplayer would be like but I think it'd probably make more sense if it was um, a kill zone or or was was SOCOM like CS:GO? Or am I misremembering? Yeah, yeah. To to a degree, it, I suppose it would be a comparison. Would be to 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 uh, Counter Strike or to the early Ghost Recon games. Not not mm. uh, these new what Ghost lands? Recon games. The the first couple Ghost no, Recons before they they tried to experiment. Mm-hmm. 
So I think it'll be I think it'll be one of them, one of the first person titles because then you can obviously they can still work on um, other stuff at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, what was that one? What was a fire spray? Twisted Metal, I think. Would that? I know people love the Twisted Metal one, but would it? Would that last long enough? I'm not sure. There, there was actually a, an indication on, you know, uh, D- David Jaffe, who's actually the, the father of Twisted Metal, and and nowadays uh, does a podcast. He seemed to to hint, and, and people didn't know whether they were. He was just trying to fuck about, basically. But he seemed to suggest that this um, Twisted Metal project isn't what people think it is and he, he even kind of hinted that rather than a, a twisted metal game it could be a reboot of the motor storm series um which of course was a, a, a playstation series that that kind of started i think on the ps3 in the ps3 era there might have been one motor storm game in the ps4 era as well um i, I do actually it's i, I never i never played uh, a motor storm game um at, at length but i do remember my first ever experience playing a ps3 was in one of those kind of test kiosks in a store playing the first oh, motor yeah. storm so it, it you know it, it was an impressive kind of racer um kind of uh high action racer and I don't know whether that that indication of David Jaffe is simply based on the fact that that apparently um, Fire Sprite hired the the guy who used to be behind Motorstorm, so that could just be putting one and one together and getting three or or whatever, um, maybe. But you know, if anyone's going to have a bit of an insight on this, it probably is David Jaffe. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that that piece of news plays out. Interesting. But well, maybe the maybe this one their own version of Forza Horizon or something like that could be interesting. I suppose that is kind of like a game with a service because that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is room for a, a you know another racing series from Sony that's not just going to you know if, if Microsoft can support Forza and Forza Horizon, I, I think playstation mm. can support too as well they tried obviously in the past with drive club and that was a spectacular failure but that doesn't mean that every racer they they tried to release it, will will fail yeah and i think if you make it something different like gran turismo i presume as i have not played that since like the ps1 ps2 days i'm guessing that's still track based racing you probably i know you're not the biggest racing fan as well so you probably won't know but if that's your track day one, so your Forza Motorsport, and then whatever this game, if that's more Horizon, where it's a bit more free roam and stuff like that, or not, it doesn't have to be exactly like that, but it could be dirt racing or whatever. Um, yeah, it seems like there's space there, but it'll be interesting. But no, it looks like it's an interesting time for Sony. Um, seeing as it's your it's your preferred console, finishing words. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, re, as I said, uh, as we discussed, it, it's a very interesting acquisition because I, I don't think it's, it's your usual straightforward. This, this, we're bringing these in house and, and these games are now PlayStation exclusive and might come to PC three, four years down the road. You know, the Bungie are, are definitely going to do their own thing to a degree that that much is clear. And, you know, 
what that level of independence is is going to be interesting to to watch. As I said, my expectation is that there will be as some level of exclusivity um, with some Bungie uh, projects, but it, it will be interesting to see what those projects are and and if indeed there there is a level of exclusivity. And as we said, it's more acquisitions are going to come for for all you know both Microsoft and. Sony among other companies and you know if we log off this podcast and in an hour you're texting me on WhatsApp saying Microsoft just announced that they're buying X Studio it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit at this point I think I'm I'm just very numb to these acquisitions now yeah so what time is it now it's quarter past six now so let's give it to eight let's round it up if eight, let's say, uh, who do you want to put money on? Ten cent. Buying someone. Um, yeah. Well, see, they they they're they're more so kind of buy twenty percent of someone here and twenty yeah. percent there and embrace a group then. Uh, yeah. Oh God, yeah. I'm shocked they haven't. It's, <laughs> we're in the second month of the year and they still haven't made any acquisitions here. So, you know, I'm I, I'm thinking uh, an embracer acquisition is well overdue. Absolutely. So, if we could think of it as smallish, trying to think, who could go? Who it's could go it's tough because <laughs> lately they've been buying European studios that I haven't heard of, and then you might click in and be like, "Oh, they made that game," mm. you know. So it, it's difficult to to kind of make a call on on who they'd buy. Um, but oh, I'll go out on a, a wild one, although. Maybe Nintendo would would um, rival them if if they did, uh, but then again, it's been a while since Nintendo made an acquisition. I'll, I'll say Mercury Steam. Let, let's just just go out on a limb and say Bracer Group will a- acquire Mercury Steam. I will go big. EA are buying WB Games. <laughs> you got to eight o'clock. EA impress me. Right, we'll finish up there. We well, we will break the two hour hour uh, window, but. Hey ho, look at us. Two weeks in a row. Next week we'll be discussing whoever the hell someone buys. We we might have a we might have a podcast with a, a guest next week. We're, we're we're working on something there, so uh that that's something to look forward to. That's a that's a Carl show that one. He's, he's he's springing stuff on me on the second hour, eh? but we will see what it's, that you're, topic. You're is. clearly not reading WhatsApp, <laughs> guy. We'll, Am I? We'll take it we'll off. Have line. a look. Uh, <laughs> right. Anywho, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, it's it's obviously a long one, but that's a lot of money. I think this might actually be longer than the Activision one. But it's Xbox only. I care about that. Uh, but hey ho, thank you everyone for listening. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.